the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through 1 Samuel. There could be here a little slippage with David where he's not as dependent on the Lord. He's, you know, at one time, just a little sling and the Lord's favor was good enough. And now he's going to rely on Goliath's sword. So he has feet of clay like the rest of us. And so there are some things here. He's, he's not always relying on the Lord or the spirit of the Lord. He's doing some things that will, he'll end up in different ways paying for his fleshly decisions, but this won't be the first and this isn't the last. Have you ever been guilty of not trusting God? Today, Pastor Gary teaches about how David decided to take Goliath's sword as protection from his enemies, though God had protected David from danger many times before. By not trusting God and making foolish decisions, David ended up putting himself in as much danger as he was in before fleeing from King Saul. However, God had mercy on David, protecting him yet again. From a place of gratitude, David wrote many beautiful psalms. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 21 with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. 1 Samuel chapter 21. Let's pray first. Lord, thank you for this time in your word, and we just praise you and give you all the glory. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to us even through a book that is ancient. It was written hundreds of years ago, and for some of this passage that we're reading written a couple thousand years ago, and yet, Lord, timeless truth for us today. And so thank you, Father, for your word, and thank you, Lord, that we are here tonight gathered in your house to study together. Bless this time in your word, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Remember that there are four seasons of David's life, and we are now in season two, the hiding years, because he is being pursued by King Saul. It is unfortunate because David shouldn't be Saul's enemy. Saul perceives him as an enemy because Saul is intimidated by young David. And Saul has given in to disobedience to the Lord. Paranoia has set in in Saul's life. Insecurity has set in. Uh, even the influence of dark principalities that God has allowed to torment Saul because of Saul's disobedience to God. And for all these reasons, Saul then is trying to kill his successor. He's threatened by David, and David is becoming well-known in the nation as a valiant warrior, especially after killing Goliath, obviously with the Lord's help, and David gives glory to God. 
but he reaches some national fame because of this. And this all contributes to this, all feeds Saul's paranoia and insecurity. And so he, for 10 to 15 years, roughly, Saul will be on the hunt trying to kill David. Now, God is going to preserve David's life. Uh, David had been anointed by Samuel the prophet to succeed Saul. But when David was anointed around somewhere between the ages of 10 and 15, I mean, he's not going to become king until he's 30, actually, you know, crowned. And so for this great majority of, of his life, between the ages of like 20 to 30, thereabouts, he's going to be constantly on the run. David is trying to hide from Saul. And again, Saul is just trying to kill him because he's threatened by him. So where we left off in chapter 21 is that along the way as David is fleeing from Saul, he's hungry and you know he's desperate. And so he stops at the tabernacle, which at this time was located in Nob. That's in verse 1 of chapter 21. So the tabernacle had been relocated from Shiloh, where it had been for about 400 years, to Nob for a short period of time. The tabernacle was the mobile sanctuary of the Lord before the permanent temple was built in Jerusalem. And David goes to the tabernacle there, and he speaks to Ahimelech, who is the priest at that time. And he asks Ahimelech if he has any food. And all Ahimelech has is the consecrated bread that was only supposed to be eaten by the priests. There were 12 loaves of bread that were placed before the Lord in the sanctuary. And every morning the priest would replace yesterday's bread with the new day's bread. And the priests were allowed to eat yesterday's bread. And so Ahimelech says to David, all I have is the consecrated bread. And you're not a priest. But have you at least kept yourself holy, and David gives Ahimelech the impression that he's got soldiers with him, and he also gives Ahimelech the impression, and none of this is true, that he's on a mission for King Saul. And so he comes up with all of this just as an attempt to, you know, get Ahimelech's favor and get some food. I mean, he's literally that hungry. And so Ahimelech gives him the consecrated bread, because David says, yes, I've kept myself pure, and, and so David partakes of the bread, which is very unusual because it would only have normally been for the priest to eat. But this is where we left off uh, last time, and we made one point here from chapter 21 that we should all be aware of legalism. Legalism is the desire to be right more than the desire to do the right thing. And Jesus even uses this example in Matthew chapter 12 Jesus refers to this story here in 1 Samuel chapter 21 to rebuke the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his own day, who were so legalistic. And Jesus helps them to remember this story. He says, don't you remember when David went into the tabernacle of the Lord and normally the bread would only be able to be eaten by the priests, and yet David ate of it because Ahimelech gave it to him because that was the more necessary and needful thing. And the more necessary and needful thing trumps the rules. Like, don't be just, you know, intent on being right. The better thing is to do the right thing. Otherwise, we fall into the trap of legalism. So this is where we left off, right around verse 7. And we are introduced in verse 7 to a guy by the name of Doeg, who overhears and sees this conversation between David and the priest Ahimelech. And this scene will come back later to be a a terrible thing. Doeg is going to end up being a snitch 
and he's going to end up doing a very evil thing because of what transpires here. Well, so let's keep reading here. Verse 7 of chapter 21. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg an Edomite, the chief of the herdsmen who belonged to Saul. So apparently Doeg was in charge of the herdsmen who oversaw Saul's animals, horses and his livestock, and so Doeg has that role. Now he's an Edomite. An Edomite is a distant cousin of the Jews. He's not Jewish, but he's a cousin of the Jews. The Jews were descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the Edomites were descendants of Jacob's brother Esau. So they are somewhat cousins. Now, when you get to the New Testament, Edomite is Grecianized, if that's a word, in the Greek New Testament. And Edomite is then known as Idumean. And some of you will probably be familiar with a main character in the Gospels who was an Idumean. Anybody? Herod. Herod the Great was an Idumean. So Herod was not Jewish by birth. He ingratiated himself with the Jews, but he was actually a cousin of the Jews because he was a descendant of Esau. He was of the Edomites. He was an Idumean. So that's Doeg. And and so we're going to see here that he turns out to be not a good character at all. Verse 8, and David said to Ahimelech, so this is still the same conversation here with the priest and the tabernacle. He said to Himelech, is there not here on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business required haste. Okay, that's all kind of a ruse there. And so the priest said, the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there it is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it. For there is no other except that one here. You know, it's not normal to keep weapons, you know, in the tabernacle. But apparently at some time, and this is the only record we have of it, David, after he slew Goliath, took Goliath's sword and gave it or dedicated it to the Lord by giving it to the priest in the house of the Lord. So when David goes there and now he's, you know, he's hungry, so he needs bread and he doesn't have any weapons and Saul's trying to kill him. So he's like, do you have bread? Okay, we well, could have the consecrated bread. How about a weapon? Do you have a weapon? And the priest is like, well, all I have here is Goliath's sword that you brought and it's wrapped up here. It's behind the ephod. If you want to take it, you can take it. And David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. I want you to notice with me that it seems like David is starting to slip here in that When he defeated Goliath, he relied on the Lord in a slingshot. And now he is looking to take Goliath's sword. So there could be here a little slippage with David where he's not as dependent on the Lord. He's, you know, at one time, just a little sling and the Lord's favor was good enough. And now he's going to rely on Goliath's sword. So he has feet of clay like the rest of us. And so there are some things here. He's he's not always relying on the Lord or the spirit of the Lord. He's doing some things that will, he'll end up in different ways paying for his fleshly decisions. But this won't be the first and this isn't the last. And verse 10 says, then David arose and fled that day from before Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. So he was in Nob. He's going now to Gath. That's about a 25-mile hike. It is moving north to southwest. And he's going 
to the king of Gath. Now, Gath was a Philistine territory, okay? And who was from Gath? Goliath. Okay, now, you got to put this all together here. This is why I'm making the point, like, is David starting to slip here? You defeated Goliath, a Philistine, you know, from Gath, a territory of the Philistines. Now you're going to strap Goliath's sword on your hip and go back to where Goliath is from in Philistine territory. Is any of this making sense? It's not making sense. And he's going to realize this isn't really a good decision. And so verse 11, and the servants of Achish, the king of Gath, said to him, is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of him to one another in dances, saying, Saul is slain his thousands and David is ten thousands? Now, David took these words to heart. He's overhearing this. He takes these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. <laughs> you go there, David. What? Now you're suddenly afraid. Yeah, because you're recognized, probably because you got Goliath's sword strapped on your hip. And probably because your fame has already spread wide and far. Of course, you're, you're going to go into the Philistine territory and your enemy is going to recognize you. Yeah. So what does David do? So look here. So verse 13. So he changed his behavior before them. Pretended madness in their hands. Scratched on the doors of the gate and let his saliva fall down on his beard. And then Achish said to his servants, look, you see, the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen <laughs> that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? You know, this is all rhetorical questions. Like the answer is no. But here, this is what David resorts to. So David's just like, you know what? I got to flee from Saul. What am I going to do? Let's see here. Okay, I got the bread from Ahimelech. I'm going to get Goliath's sword. I got Goliath's sword. I'm going to go into Philistine territory. And then all of a sudden he's recognizing. He's like, not such a good idea. Now he plays the insane guy and he's going to get an Academy Award, but, you know, and people are going to think this guy's nuts. Let's kick him out rather than kill him. So he plays the insane guy here. And this is what we end up learning. Here's another principle from this chapter. Rash decisions lead to irrational and regrettable behavior. <laughs> like, stop and think. Like, don't. Yeah, been there, right? All of us, right? Don't make rash decisions. Because rash decisions end up leading to irrational and regrettable behavior. Now, I want to fold into this story a few of the Psalms that David wrote. Because what we learn is, by the subtitle of some of the Psalms that David wrote, is that he wrote several Psalms during these different events that we're reading about. When David was on the run for some 10 to 15 years of his life from Saul, it was during those times that he drew closer to the Lord. You know, it's often in those times of crises and difficulties that the Lord will speak to us in ways that we don't often hear him when everything's going just right. And so there are a few Psalms, and what I want to do, this is going to slow down our study a little bit, but that's okay, because I, I want us to see 
some of the psalms he wrote during these times. And uh, so we'll come back to 1 Samuel, but if you want to turn to Psalm 34, I'm going to read Psalm 34 with you, and I'm going to show you how this was one of the psalms that he wrote during this particular time of his life. If you had a chronological Bible, which would record everything in chronological order, Psalm 34 would be inserted right here uh, at the end of 1 Samuel chapter 21. And when you get here to Psalm 34 in your Bibles, you will notice that the subtitle says, A Psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. Now, in your Bibles there, the subtitle of Psalm 34, Abimelech is a title. The king's name was Akish, but Abimelech is from two Hebrew words, Abamelech, father and king. So Abimelech is a title that means my father is king, and that's Akish's title. So this is still the same guy. Abimelech is a title for Akish, okay? So I'm going to read Psalm 34. It's, it's not too long. How many verses is it? Just 22 verses. But just let it minister to you because put yourself now in the moment. And David is finding himself in this situation here in Gath. He realizes after the fact, I shouldn't have come here. So he plays the madman. And this is what the Lord speaks to his heart. And, and this is how the Lord ministers to him. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Let that minister to you. They looked to him, the Lord, and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears. And delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And saves those as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked. And those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. This is what David writes here, right at this time when he realizes, you know, I could have been killed. I made a foolish decision. I went into the territory of the enemy. But oh, how the Lord was gracious to me, and he delivered me. In addition, Psalm 56, if you'll turn over to Psalm 56. 
Psalm 56 is another psalm that David writes that would also be inserted here at the end of 1 Samuel 21, because if you notice the subtitle on Psalm 56, it says to the chief musician set to the silent dove in distant lands, a mikhtam of David when the Philistines captured him in Gath. Okay, so for a moment there, they had detained him, and this is what he writes in Psalm 56. Just let this minister to you. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me, O Most High. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. All day they twist my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together, they hide, they mark my steps when they lie in wait for my life. Shall they escape by iniquity? In anger, cast down the peoples, O God. You number my wanderings. Put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, Then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling? that I may walk before God in the light of the living. Amen. And so these are the things that, you know, as David is going through this, he's just pouring out his heart, this kind of raw emotion. That's what I love about David when he writes many of the Psalms. He just kind of pours out raw emotion. And these are the things he's going through. And he writes about how God was faithful to him and God delivered him. And did you notice there a similar theme between Psalm 34 and 56? He, he surrenders his fears to God. He surrenders his fears to God. Read those Psalms again. Just mark down in the margin of your Bible. You can go back here to 1 Samuel 21. Just write down Psalm 34, Psalm 56. And when you find yourself in a situation where... Fear is overtaking you. Just read those Psalms again and let the word of the Lord minister to you. Well, into chapter 22, we're going to see another Psalm, but let's go back here to 1 Samuel 22. Verse 1 says, David therefore departed from there. So now he's leaving Gath. And he escaped to the cave of Adullam. Adullam in Hebrew means refuge. And he's going to, again, he's going to go from place to place to place, always on the run, trying to stay one step ahead of Saul. Because as soon as he gets one place, then word gets to Saul, and so he has to escape to another place. And he's come now to the cave at Adullam. So we'll come back to 1 Samuel, but now go to Psalm 142, because he writes a Psalm 142. When he was in the cave there in Adullam. And he writes this as a prayer. It tells us that the subtitle is Psalm 142. The subtitle says, A Contemplation of David, A Prayer When He Was in the Cave. 
Thanks for listening to Cornerstone Connection. You've been listening to a message from the book of 1 Samuel. This book is packed full of practical applications for our lives today. We follow three main characters, Saul, David, and of course Samuel, through a series of crossroads and decisions they faced during the early days in Bible times. It is here that we find the victory of David over Goliath and the development of a new prophet in young Samuel. We also find the fall of the king in Saul as a reminder of the consequences of disobedience to God. As Samuel told Saul in chapter 15, verse 22, to obey is better than to sacrifice. Did you know that getting together as a church family is one way that you can hear the truth from one another? Cornerstone Chapel gets together each Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.45 a.m., and Wednesday at 7 p.m. to learn from the Word and spend time in fellowship as sons and daughters of the King. Find out more at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We also encourage and believe in the power of praying together and for one another. Email us at prayer at cornerstonechapel.net with your prayer needs today. Thanks for listening to this teaching from 1 Samuel today on Cornerstone Connection. Got no place to go, but still you know, but still you know you're not alone. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.